spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast, and it's my honor today to have as my guest, Lacey Cool. So Lacey, I want you to start by telling us a little bit about yourself for the people that don't know you, and like your family, where you live, that kind of thing. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Lacey Cool. I'm from Sarasota, Florida. I've been racing for six years now. I've raced for my charity, Drive for Diabetes Awareness. I just recently started racing legend cars, but for five years I've been racing flat oval dirt cars all over the state of Florida and up the east coast of the United States. Okay, and so you live in Florida, and do you go to school? Do you work? Um, I do online school for FLBS, so I do uh, my online school, and then well, I can do whatever I want throughout the rest of the day, like working on the car, going on iRacing, um, doing stuff to help the charity as well. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So how did you get started being involved in racing? So after my little brother Rocco passed away at the age of one from the doctors misdiagnosing him from the flu when he actually uh, was going through DKA, uh, we met a diabetic race car driver. And my dad went to Daytona, they invited him to the pits, and he got hooked on racing. Um, so after that, we went to DeSoto Speedway in Florida. It's currently turning into the Freedom Factory right now, but we went there for six weeks in a row going into the pits. And we met uh, another drive for diversity driver, Brooke Store, and uh, we bought two of her go-karts that she was selling. And then after we did that, we've been racing go-karts for five years now, and now I'm in Legend Cars. So that's how I really started getting racing. Okay, so Brooke Store is an amazing young woman. I had her, um, I interviewed her um, for the, when we were at PRI, and she's, she's a cool young gal, isn't she? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she'd be a good, she's a good role model for, I think, a lot of uh, girls that race. So you started, um, you started racing, now you're in Legend Cars, you said, so what what do you like the most about driving? So the fun factor about driving is it's the thrill of it and the uh, how close you are driving with everyone and sometimes how really close the battles are with everyone. It's just the thrill of it, really. And are there a lot of girls that race against you? No, not really. I only knew when I was racing their go-karts. I only knew really four of them, probably four female drivers. And then in Legend Car, uh, I know there's probably a lot more than I know because I've only been racing them for a short time, but I only know two other female race car drivers for legend cars. So, yeah. Okay. And so where do you go to race? Do you stay in Florida or do you travel other places? Well, uh, in summer 2019, uh, me and my dad and my mom, we went up to North Carolina and we lived in our RV for three months up there racing at Charlotte. And then we also traveled down to South Carolina for a race. We raced at um, Anderson, South Carolina. 
uh, Wake County Speedway. And then uh, we are starting to race more down here in Florida as the year's going on, but we haven't really been able to race a lot because the coronavirus, so. Right, exactly. So let's talk about that for a minute because, you know, we can't ignore what's happening as far as the coronavirus and how it's affecting so many things, including racing. Now, I know in the big picture, racing is not the most important thing. I get that. Um, you know, we have all these businesses closed, but yet racing also supports a lot of businesses yeah. and, and things. And so how has that affected like your family? Do you have to stay inside? Are, are you under the stay home, stay healthy kind of thing? Or how is it affecting you guys? So really right now, which is 65 and older, you should stay home. Like we can still go out and do stuff. We're not really on a lockdown, as you would call it. We're just cautious about it and stuff, but that's really it. I've just been doing my schoolwork. It's really just been normal for us, really, except my mom decides shorter times at work because their work's still open, but they don't let people in. So that's really just it. Nothing's really changed for us, but I know for some other families, it's definitely traumatically changed their life so far. Yeah, absolutely. So in Michigan, we're on day, let's see, this is day eight of the stay home stay healthy they call it it makes it sound better than lockdown i guess but we can go yeah. to the grocery store we can go to the pharmacist you know the post office the bank but other than that like the malls closed the restaurants are closed except for you can get takeout or you can go through a drive-through so it's affecting like my like i said to you before we started I haven't been able to have my hair cut. I haven't gotten my nails done. Um, some of the typical places I go and do during the week, I can't because they're closed. Um, so it's really affecting Michigan and the, you know, the whole a lot. And when you think about that, a lot of those people that can't work are race car drivers. It's going yeah. to affect the racing this year for sure. Um, which is a concern because my business is based on the racing community as well. So tell me a little bit about the cause that you have. I know you had a little brother that passed away. Um, share with the listeners as much as you're comfortable with about him and what happened and why you got started in this. Oh yeah, I'll tell you all the uh, full story. So what happened was, so I was around the age of three, three and a half, four. My little brother, Rocco, uh, he just had his first birthday. It was two weeks after that, and he started feeling really lethargic. He started wetting the bed, which was very – it was kind of normal because he was only one, but it wasn't as normal as it used to be. And so he started getting sick and everything. So we took him to the hospital, and they said that he had the flu, so we took him back home. Uh, four hours later, it started to keep progressively getting worse. So my mom and dad kept taking him, taking him back to the hospital, and the doctor still kept saying, no, he has the flu. There's nothing wrong with him. Like, sometimes that's what they mostly say. So um, after that, we took him back to the hospital. And then uh, they kept him in there for over eight hours. And they still kept saying he had the flu. And then they finally checked his blood sugar. And he was at 475. Um, so he, it was not good. So then he went into a diabetic coma, DKA. Sorry, that's my dad. That's <laughs> but, okay. Um, after uh, that, they proceeded to treat him wrong and unfortunately passed away 
Um, so now we just, I drive for diabetic ketoacidosis survivors because my little brother passed away. So uh, one time I raced for uh, Christopher Ledoux, uh, his son. Um, I raced for him. He was currently in the hospital when I raced for him. And uh, so it just makes him feel better when I race for them and everything. So we do that. Uh, we also make brochures. We have our uh, social medias as well. So we're just trying to get the awareness of type 1 diabetes, diabetic ketoacidosis, and the symptoms out to people. Yeah, exactly. Because, of course, you know, we're all concentrating on the flu at this time uh, yeah. of where we are in the country. But so many misdiagnoses, especially at a hospital, you would think that they would do a very thorough, um, you know, panel of blood draws and things. And yeah. it seems like, you know, they really, they really missed the boat there. So um, tell us a little bit about, like, if somebody's interested to learn more, where can they find out more about it? Do you have a site where you post things about um, diabetes and, and what do you do? Yeah, so we have our Facebook page, Drive for Diabetes Awareness. We also have our website, www.dfda.info, which is short for Drive for Diabetes Awareness. Um, you can also look at uh, our, we have a Twitter page. We also have a Instagram and we have a YouTube, which we post most of our races on. So that's, that's really good where you can look as well. Okay. And so do you raise money for the diabetes foundation or or do you ever go to like um groups and speak about it do you do any kind of public things like that so we're trying to get into talking to more groups as well but we can't really do it right now because of the virus but um we also uh what was the question again i'm sorry no, I just, that was it. You know, how do you, besides racing, are there other ways that you try to educate people about the problem? And, you know, what if somebody else went to the hospital and they kept saying it's the flu? If they knew more about it, they might be able to say, check the blood sugar. And then that would save someone's life, possibly. Yeah. So what we normally tell people is that when they go in and they think they have the flu, we tell their parents because most time it's normally the younger kids, but sometimes it is the adults. So we tell their parents to uh, make sure they check for type one just in case, because no matter what it is, you never know. Uh, the doctors misdiagnose my brother. They misdiagnose a lot of people. Um, and it, while it's currently flu season, it's very important because most doctors aren't looking over it. They're looking for the flu or they're looking for something else that could be wrong while it's flu season. Like when my little brother passed away, it was flu season. So they were thinking it was the flu when it really isn't because a lot of the symptoms are the exact same. Okay, so so that's that's the issue because the symptoms are very similar. Yeah. 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 Lacey, I admire you for telling the story. That can't be easy. Although you were young when your brother passed away, but it, it's still a family story that is close to your heart and I appreciate what you're doing to try to bring awareness to everybody that you talk to or that sees your car or that hears a podcast because um, a lot of kids even though it's a family something like that they wouldn't be as willing to talk about it and so I appreciate that you shared that with us so oh yeah no. oh yeah I've been doing this so it's kind of just like a second nature for me to talk about it. Um, at the beginning, it was kind of hard for my family. 
but it's not really that hard anymore, I would say, to talk about it with people because more it's more of a motivation than a, a sad thing to talk about. Right, really. exactly, because we can't change the past, but we can do something to move forward and help other people in the future, and so I, I feel that's what you're doing, you know, you took a bad situation, your family did, and you're trying to help others, and, and so that that's a good thing. Same as this coronavirus, I keep trying to find the positives and the good things, and there are there are some. If, yeah. if we look, if we look enough, you know, there's a lot of families that are spending time together that normally probably don't spend time together, and so there's there's some good things coming out of a horrible situation. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about racing a little bit. Do you have a favorite race car driver? I don't really have a favorite race car driver, but I do have a couple drivers I like. Like, for example, I like Chris Buescher because he's really good with his fans. Like, if his PR is telling him that we need to go, we need to go somewhere, he still stays there and talks with you like he's a normal person other than some drivers that just go by, don't look at you, or just sign, sign whatever they want you to sign. Mm -hmm. So he's really more of a personal person. And then uh, for drivers, like for driving-wise, I like Kyle Busch. Not really is it not really his attitude, but his driving style. I like it because he's more aggressive than just staying back. Because when a female in racing, you need to be more aggressive because of just everything that's going on. So that's really it. Yeah, so I've met Chris Buescher a few times. Um, my friend Liz was the tire specialist for his team um, in the past few years. And so I've, I've been through his hauler. And I've met him a few times and he is an amazing young man. I'm glad that he's one of your favorites because he does love his fans and he's just an all around really good guy. And then Kyle Busch, you know, I probably shouldn't have a favorite driver, but I've, I've Kyle Busch has been my favorite long before I started the IWMA. So um, he's, he's still my favorite driver. I try to be a little less uh, show a little less favoritism if I'm out doing something for IWMA, but when it comes to race day and the race is on, then that's who I'm cheering for. So um, interesting that we, we have something in common there. So if, if, yeah, someone, the if someone came up to you and said, my daughter, my daughter wants to race, what would be your um, answer to the mom and what would be your like suggestions for them, your advice? My suggestions is that you don't have to go full out with all the top racing like equipment. You don't need to go with a 20 foot trailer. I know some people that go out there with just a pull along trailer that's like six feet and just put their go kart in there and go out there for fun. But I would say just try to get into it with a new driver that's trying to start out because they're not going to be the best at first. It takes seat time as well as experience and desire to get to the point to where you are actually running up front with the top drivers. So I would say you don't need a, you need, don't need the best car. Like I had a 2012 Prowler for like four years until we started getting better equipment when we felt like we wanted to go further. So that's really the only thing I really have. Um, I would say go into go-karting, try not to go into anything like faster than that like you can do if you don't want to do dirt which because there's a lot more involved with it you can do asphalt with them you can also do road course with them so that's one step that I would make to move forward is to do go-karting first and then start moving ahead in your steps right exactly because 
even at that, let's admit it, go-karts can go pretty fast. And so to start out, you know, I know when my granddaughters raced quarter midgets, they put restrictor plates on and things, but um, those, those carts can go pretty darn fast. And, and so it's a good starting point. I, I agree with you there for sure. Yeah. And the thing with the go-karts with the dirt is they have the rookie plates, which is a red plate and it's, they're still going 30, 35 miles an hour in novice. And even in like big state races, they have like sometimes 10, maybe even more rookies out there racing on the track. And it, they get pretty competitive, even in rookie. And then when you go from rookie to green plate, which is junior one, it's a whole big step up. You're going literally like 20 miles an hour faster in a go-kart for one step up. So that just shows how much seat time you really need to be able to progress in those classes, as well as your age. Yeah, I totally agree because, um, you know, little, uh, you know, you would think it would be little boys that would be the most aggressive, but sometimes the little girls have no fear. And oh, yeah. so I've seen some little girls that, you know, it's a good thing they have the restrictor plate or they would have just been all out, you know, going fast. And so um, good advice, Lacey, very good advice. Mm -hmm. So um, do you have any uh, race day routines or anything that you do so let's say today's race day what's your day going to look like so if well last week it was going to be race day i was going to be racing for london she is a local from she's from tampa florida so i would be really right now if it was last saturday i would be doing social media i would have a banner well not a banner but a poster board with her name on it um we would also have her brochures i would be I would be practicing and I would be going out into the stands, passing around those brochures, just talking to fans uh, before I go out and race. And then maybe even going out there after the race, just to talk to them about other stuff as well. Just being a normal person, just going out there talking to them. And um, that's really what I would be doing, just talking to people about the Drive for Diabetes Awareness and the charity in London right now. Okay. So do you often have someone that you're driving for? Do you pick? different people that you represent? Um, not all the time. We normally go around six people per year. Um, so what we're gonna be doing when we got our new trailer wrapped, we're gonna be putting their names on the front nose of the trailer because we have a V-nose trailer. And they're gonna be on there with, we're gonna have the year and then we're gonna write their names down for every year. So it's just gonna be like a memorabilia on the trailer for whoever he's for. Okay, very good. That's a great idea. Absolutely. So, you know, you're young. Tell me how old are you? I forget. I'm 13. I'll be turning 14 in July. Okay. So you're almost 14 years old. You've got a lot of years of racing ahead of you if you choose to do that. Yeah. So what would be your, your goals for racing? Do you want to stay in the class you're in? Do you want to move up to something else? What are your racing goals? So my racing goals. So if, when I stay with Drive for Diabetes, uh, Drive for Diabetes Awareness, uh, the charity, as well as NASCAR Drive for Diversity, um, I would like to move up into their street, their late model series, and then go to their canine series uh, to move forward with them. That's what my goal would be, is to move forward with NASCAR. So that's really one of my goals that I'm really going for, is just moving up with them. Okay, that's a good goal. So I often ask young girls, though, as well, besides, because I hear that a lot. A lot of young girls want to be the next, you know, Kyle Busch, the next NASCAR driver, et cetera. 
So if that doesn't happen, what is what other things are you interested in? What else do you like to do? Well, I really like to do like uh, four wheeling, just really like country girl stuff, just hanging out in the woods and stuff, going camping. Um, but also with the uh, NASCAR Drive for Diversity, last year in 2019, I was the youngest um, NASCAR Young Racer Award winner, as well as the youngest NASCAR driver at the age of 12. Okay, that's a pretty cool thing to have, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So has anybody given you any advice that's kind of stuck with you? Or do you have a favorite quote that you kind of, you know, rely on for yourself? I don't really have a favorite quote, but I know a lot of people throughout my racing career, as I would say, have really helped me. Like, um, I would say Sean English, Rick English, and everyone from my local dirt track that I used to race at, they definitely have helped me with racing in general with uh just not really like setups but like with just driving in general with help as well as uh, i racing in general they've that's helped me the simulator has helped me drive as well um i would say that i racing is definitely really good and my dad has definitely helped me as well with just everything that he's done in my whole career and just advice as well as curtis houston he's also helped me with driving and normally when he's there at the track, I normally do my best as well because he's always helping my dad with car stuff. And he's also helping me with mental, like, driving as well. Okay. Because it's not just turning the wheel, is it? It's, it's your thinking. It's your attitude. It's all those things put together. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about iRacing for a minute here because, wow, hasn't that really exploded in the last couple of weeks because NASCAR's actually been televised on FS1. The NASCAR Cup drivers have been racing. Tell me a little bit about iRacing and how long have you been doing that and what kind of do you race like in a series? Do you just get on there yourself? What, what do you do on iRacing? So on iRacing, I'm only on there with my friends from Legend Car Racing and Dirt Racing. Um, but what it is, it's a simulator where you have a electronic wheel that plugs into your computer as well as pedals and that they also laser track like they have a laser and they go around the track and it's the exact same as the track that you'll be racing on so let's say you have daytona they lasers they, they put lasers around the track and they scanned it and then they put that onto the computer and they put the cars that are almost exactly the same as they are in real life with the tire models and the way they drive they put, you, if you put those on the track, it would be just like a real racing, like you would be in a race. So um, that would be really it with iRacing, but I've only been racing on, I just got my account in October, but my dad's been on iRacing for, oh, I can't even remember, like since I, since I started racing. Um, like, I don't know how long, like over seven years probably. Yeah, I think iRacing started, I thought I read in 2006 maybe. So it's been around a little while and yeah. I, of course I've heard of it, you know, I'm involved in the racing community and I hear about it and I hear drivers talk about it. And I, I think a lot of the, you know, the NASCAR, the bigger drivers, even truck and Xfinity, I think they utilize it to learn the tracks and everything, which I think is amazing. It's so much more economical than renting a track and going to test. Um, so yeah. it, makes it, it makes it great for all of that. But, um, 
Yeah, I, I think I read that they gained 5,000 subscribers last week just from being on television. So pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, but they also have the 50% off membership right now because it's only $120, I think, for the year. Right. But um, that's also getting more people to join from NASCAR. And then I think they put the 50% off there because of the NASCAR racing that's going on. So more people will want to get it, which is amazing because yeah. then you have more people to race against. Right. Yeah, exactly. I saw that, that they were doing the 50% off. So we'll give them a shout out. You can get 50% off your iRacing subscription. Yeah. And it's just, um, it's just a fun thing to do, even as, as a, um, you know, someone who's just watching as a spectator. It's, it's fun to do when right now, you know, we're stuck at home and there's only so much HGTV that I can watch, Lacey. And then after a while, I have to do something else. So. Yeah. <laughs> So I would, you tell I me? would say I was Go ahead. I would say I was a lot more excited to watch the iRacing race than a regular NASCAR race just because it's different but also the racing is a whole lot closer than it would be if they were racing at Texas for the on Sunday. Right. Because of how the cars are set up with the fixed setup that iRacing has. If they're driving almost the exact same line and doing the same thing, they're running within thousands of hundreds of seconds like seconds with, with each other and yesterday I hosted an iRacing race with a legend car at South Boston and everyone I would say in the top 15 was running within the same tenth of a second of each other just because of how close it was yeah and that's kind of the fun part there's really no driver really has an advantage over the other one other than how how he how he drives how he saves tires that kind of thing and so I, I do like how that makes it a more level playing field where somebody like Timothy Hill or Garrett Smithley can yeah. outrace a Kyle Busch or a Martin Truex. And so that makes it a lot more even and that makes it more fun to watch. Oh yeah. Yeah, That's for sure. So what is something that most people don't know ab about you? Mm. Some things people don't know about me is that they think to get into NASCAR, you have to have millions of dollars. We don't have millions of dollars. Um, some people think, oh, well, she just got it just because she's a female. No, it's because we work hard for it. It's not because I just got it because I'm a female or because I'm racing for a different cause. It's because we're doing something different and we're working hard for it other than just getting it for a privilege. Exactly, Lacey. I'm glad you said that because, you know, the the concept or the thinking out there is that, yeah, you, you're, you have to have a lot of money in your family or you have to have a lot of connections. And, you know, in some cases that's true, but yeah. that's not always true because there's a lot of opportunity out there if you present yourself well and if you work hard. And I know that you have done that and I know your parents have been a big help in that right in that area but um there's nothing that takes away from hard work and i know that you guys have done that so has racing helped you through anything else in your life like something that you've learned from being a race car driver have you learned something from that that's helped you in another area of your life i would say that you can't really deal with anyone that how should i say it because i don't want to say it in the wrong way to come out wrong I would say you can't really deal with anyone that wants to push push you harder than you can actually go because even if someone's 
like if they're on track and they're trying to wreck you, you have to keep your calm. It's just a way of just like thinking. It's a different thinking, I would say, than most people when you're a race car driver. Because if you have someone coming at you on the track, you got to just take it in a different way. Because that's saying, oh, well, then I need to be faster than this person. And if they're slower than me, I shouldn't be worrying about them. Because then they're going to try to get into your head. And you can't let that happen in real life and in racing. So Exactly. Because there are people that like to play mind games. And um, yeah. both in racing and in life. And that's a good thing to learn. To keep your cool. Keep your, your wits about you so that you don't do something stupid and look bad. and something that you regret so that's a really good thing to learn especially at a young age that you're at so what do you do for fun when you're not racing uh well it's either i racing um either i racing hanging out with friends because with them being at school and then now the coronavirus and then most of my friends well not really most of them i have one of my friends really good friends gabby she comes out and she's going to start helping us with uh she's going to start being my pr so she's going to be doing pictures and doing videos because she loves doing that stuff. So, yeah, some of my friends come out. They help with stuff. But it's mostly just hanging out with friends and doing racing with friends on there as well. So Okay. Well, that's all, that's all fun stuff. And at 13, you should still have a life besides racing. So I'm, glad to, I'm yeah. glad to hear that. So let's learn a little bit about you. I'm going to ask you some questions that are just about you. Where's your favorite place to vacation? Favorite place to vacation? Let me see. Well, I love North Carolina just because of the atmosphere around there with racing. Okay. But uh, when I go to see family in England from my mom's side, that's a lot of fun going there, and it's so pretty. But um, yeah, I would I would have to say North Carolina or Georgia, other than okay. yeah. All right. I mean, you're still a kid, but what was your favorite toy as a little girl? Um, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> did you play with dolls or cars no I played with sometimes Barbies but I didn't really I don't know I mostly just watched tv I would say for cartoons okay yeah all right do you have a favorite holiday favorite holiday uh-huh. it would have to be Christmas because it's a time of giving okay yeah. all right and how about a favorite food or restaurant Favorite food? I would have to say Mexican food. All right. I love Mexican food and okay. Italian food as well. Yeah, that's those are my favorites. All right. How about your favorite zoo animal? I um I would have to say an elephant because they're so graceful, even though they're so big. Yeah, absolutely. I would say not. All right. And I already asked you if you had a favorite race car driver. So, do you have a track? that you especially like to go to to race well when i was racing dirt cars dirt carts um my favorite track to go to would be florida dirt motor speedway just because of hanging out with everyone but the best atmosphere would have to be jasper in jasper florida on the border of georgia and florida that just has the best atmosphere with being in the woods and that's what i like okay there's some really, really pretty tracks that people don't realize that when you go to Phoenix, it's out in the middle of the desert, but it's surrounded by, you know, they probably call them hills, mountains, whatever you want to call them. Beautiful, beautiful area. When we went to Sonoma, 
uh, same thing, beautiful area. Charlotte, again, another beautiful racetrack area. So a lot of people don't think about that. You have a lot of really beautiful scenery and you get to see so many parts of the country when you're a race car driver and you go to all these different tracks. So that's kind of a cool thing to do. Yeah, speak, speaking of cool tracks, I would say I haven't been here before, but I absolutely love South Boston, just the racing, the track itself. I haven't seen the outside of the track yet, but I just love the track itself. Um, and then one of my favorite tracks I've ever been to would be Anderson, I think it's North Carolina. Yeah, Anderson, North Carolina. And that track is so, like, so fun to race at for legend cars. Yeah. Okay. That's good we're to know. I haven't been to that track. Yeah, we're going over 100 miles an hour down the straights. Wow. Um, yeah, and then in the turns, I think we're going around 50 or 60 or something. I don't really remember. So how does your mom handle that or your dad? Are they pretty calm when you're out there racing that fast? My dad's calm. I, my mom, I can tell you sometimes she gets a little crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, she, she, she'll, sometimes she'll scream. You can tell on the, uh, in our YouTube videos when I was racing dirt carts. Uh, yeah, she would scream at, uh, the wrecks and stuff, but that's really it. Yeah. yeah. One time my dad came out of turn one and two at Fortier Motor Speedway and he came and he hit the cones from the grid where it's asphalt going onto the uh, dirt. And then he went through the grass on the side. And my mom was screaming, and I'm like, Mom, there's nothing wrong. He didn't even hit anything. <laughs> yeah. Hey, moms can, moms, can get, moms can get wound up yeah. you know, when they see their kids racing. So that's the way it goes. Yeah. So do you have a race? I think Go ahead. Huh? What'd you say? Go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, no. I just said, I think she's used to it now after six years of racing now. Yeah, I'll bet she is. Yeah. So, do you have a racing nickname, and how did you get it? I don't really have a nickname. Um, it's just Lacey Cool, because that's how you say my last name. So, uh, one thing people say, Lacey Cool is really cool. So, <laughs> that's, that's really it. Okay, so, what's the most memorable moment you've had so far in your racing career? It would be getting my plaque from Villages Motor Racing Fan Club and getting uh, the other plaque from NASCAR. Okay. Those are the most memorable. I wouldn't say my first one was that memorable because it wasn't really a big race. It was a rookie race, but um, I would say getting these awards are more important than me winning, I would say. Okay. So during a typical week, let's say that you've raced and then now you know, you're going to get your car ready for the next weekend. Are you pretty hands-on with that, or are there other people that do the actual mechanical part of, with your car? So it's mostly just me and my dad that work on the cars. I try to help as much as I can with school, um, trying to get as much seat time on iRacing and everything. So I'm somewhat hands-on. I We just started racing the Legend car. I've only been in one race in our new car. And at North Carolina, we couldn't really touch the car because it was some of the rules and stuff with them. But um, yeah, so we're just trying to learn as much as we can with the legend car. So, so far, yeah, I've been pretty hands-on with it, with some people that were helping us, yeah. Okay. All right. So, what's your car, what's the color of your car and the number, and how did you choose your number? So, uh, well, we have to go after, the, uh, with the charity, so drive for diabetes awareness. So, my number is the number four. 
um, that is a bright yellow. And then on my legend car, uh, my my fenders on there are red, and the rest of the car is gray. Um, it was funny because when we got the car, the car was actually already painted with the red and the gray fenders, and it was exactly the same as we needed it. So it's kind of a good thing when we got the car that we didn't have to paint the body. Yeah, that is. That's, that saves on a big expense for sure. Yeah. yeah. So Lacey, and how, then, go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off. There you go. No, that's all right. So how have you or will you make an impact on the motorsports industry? I think I've already somewhat made an impact with what people think about what racing really is. Because there are old motorsports people that are racing that think it's all about winning. But what we've been doing, we've been showing that it can be something about other than just the driver it's themselves. And it can be about someone else or a different like charity that you can race for other than just the driver. Yes. Very, very, you know, you're very, um, you're very adult for a 13 year old, which I'm sure has to do with your parents. But, um, your thinking is much more, and I don't want to say sophisticated, but much more grown up than a typical 13 year old because 13, you know, we often think teenagers only care about themselves and think about themselves. And pretty much all through this interview, what I've heard you say is I raced for this. I raced for that. It was never, I did this for Lacey. It's always been about the, the diabetes or the person that you are racing for. Um, it seems like that's kind of your motivation for racing. Yeah, it really is with the charity and the people that I race for. I would say the people I race for, that I race for, are 100% my motivation in what I do. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be racing if it wasn't for the charity and if it wasn't for my parents as well as uh, the people that I race for. Yeah. And that gives you that gives you some really good motivation when you know you're doing something for somebody else. It makes them feel good and it makes you feel good. Oh yeah, it does. So I'm we're about done here. So I'm gonna ask you how can people follow you on social media? And then after you answer that, is there anything else that I haven't asked you about that you'd like to share? Um, well, so you can follow us on Facebook at Drive for Diabetes Awareness Inc. You can go to our YouTube at Drive for Diabetes Awareness. Our Twitter, check, don't guess, in all caps. Um, our Instagram is Drive for Diabetes Awareness. And then you can search up Driver Lacey Pool on Instagram as well. And then we also have our website, DFDA. Uh, that's one of our most important places for you to go as well as Facebook. That's where we post the most. Okay. And then... Um, yeah, that's really it. Uh, I would just like to thank a couple people. I would like to thank Taylor and Sons for uh, just helping us with all. And they gave us a the trailer they, when we were go-karting. They gave us our 16-foot trailer that we're now going to be starting to wrap. And they also gave us some new go-karts. And then I would like to thank everyone that's helped us uh, just throughout our whole racing career. My whole racing career. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Well, Lacey, it's been really nice talking to you. I had a nice conversation with your dad a while back and I had hoped to meet up with you in Daytona, but the weather in Daytona wasn't as, as cooperative as it would have, you know, could have been. And so we didn't get a chance to meet, but we will meet one of these days, either at the racetrack yeah. where you're racing or somewhere else. And I look forward to 
meeting you and your dad in person. So I just want to thank you for being on and any final words? No, I think that's it. Thank you for having me on. Okay. Thank you, Lacey. Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMA Nation at gmail.com.